Moncrief on News Talk. Over the last couple of years, many of the world's major news organisations have attempted to secure an interview with Vladimir Putin. They've all been refused. But yesterday, Putin recorded an interview with the former Fox News host Tucker Carlson, which we broadcast to tomorrow. Uh, the, uh, the intention being, according to Carlson, so he could give his reasons for attempting to invade Ukraine. So while an aid package for Ukraine stalls in the US Congress, is this a coincidence? Dr. Graham Finley from the School of Politics and International Relations at UCD joins us now. Afternoon, Graham. Afternoon. Uh, so the, why do you think Putin has said yes to Tucker Carlson and would have said no to so many other people? Well, I presume he likes talking to his official spokesperson, uh, you know, <laughs> on a regular basis. I mean, not this is not too surprising. Um, what is surprising is is Tucker calling himself a journalist, uh, which is he's saying, you know, journalists just don't want to talk to Putin and all the other journalists are like, well, the reason you're talking to Putin is you're not a journalist. And, uh, you know, Tucker Carlson, since the beginning of this war, has been extremely popular on Russian state TV and is routinely trotted out as a sign that, you know, there are alternative voices in the West who are critical of, of this support for Ukraine. Um, so he would be he'd be well known to the, to the viewers of, of um, Putin's television station. Yeah. And, and when you say Tucker Carlson is not a journalist, that's not a, a, a that's not your opinion. That's his opinion. Uh, no, that's well, that's not his opinion. He th- he said in the clip where he announced why we have to go talk to Putin because we're journalists, man. But um, in but actual in, the, in the, the defamation case, though, yeah, in actual say, court yeah. cases, um, not only has Fox News in general said that they're not a news station, but an entertainment station. But about Tucker Carlson specifically in defamation cases and so forth, they, they say that no reasonable person would view his claims as factual. And thus the person wasn't defamed. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and that's their line and they're sticking to it when in a court. But mm. uh, he, he's claiming to be a journalist uh, when he's when he's talking to Putin. Uh, and it's really interesting that he's doing his journalism on such a sort of marginal uh, place for it, like as as his main gig. And it's it, an, an interesting unfolding story about how his career is going after he left Fox News, um, after other defamation lawsuits really mm. made it less tenable for him to be there. Yeah, no, I mean, and this will be broadcast now on, on X, I'm still calling it Twitter, but I mean, that the, um, but presumably it'll get an enormous viewing. Yeah, I mean, I'm wondering whether Elon Musk started paying people for views on Twitter just so he could funnel some money to, to big draws like like Tucker Carlson. But yeah, I mean, he will get enormous following. Loads of people are going to watch it. And most of those people would be, you know, he's preaching to the converted. Mm. It's very hard to estimate the actual numbers of eyeballs who who are behind those views compared to the viewers of a traditional cable show. But he was the most popular show on cable, the most popular news show um, you know, in many ways at all, right, mm. when he when he left Fox. So people will watch it. Um, he has very devoted followers who don't really consume media from anybody else. And so he's going to shore up their views about the war, and uh, it could have some effects. Uh, such as? What such kind as. of effects do you so think? So I'm curious. I don't think it's going to have a legislative effect. Um, mm. Because, again, these people don't watch anything else. <laughs> yeah. um, or maybe they watch slightly more extreme versions of Fox News, like OANN and, um, and Newsmax. Um, but the, so, so the people who watch this have probably made up their mind, and the people they vote for have also made up their mind. And we've already, before the interview, seen uh, a package deal which would secure the border, according to the people who made the deal. And, you know, 
funnel arms and, and $60 billion worth of support to Ukraine and Israel and uh, the Red Sea and East Asia, all the places where lots of stuff is kicking off. And that has been scuppered. It looks really dead in the water because uh, the House has said they're not basically going to consider it. It's dead in the water, according to Mike Johnson, who previously could actually talk knowledgeably about what would happen in the House. But there have been developments there as well. And and. You know, so and then after a call from Donald Trump not to give Biden anything on the border, um, the House really firmed up its resolve not to do anything about the border. And uh, even Mitch McConnell uh, caved the majority yeah. in the Senate. The, that, but, but so so that means that minority leaders. Uh, Ukraine isn't going to get anything from the United States until next year, where it probably won't get anything from the United States either if Donald Trump is elected president. I mean, that would be pretty disastrous because we know that Ukraine is running out of shells. It's running, mm. uh, running out of all sorts of supply. Um, it really needs an infusion of cash and weapons to, to keep the fight going. And they can't wait till, till January, uh, mm. you know, for, for something to change. And again, it's not clear that the uh, Democrats are going to be in control of the Senate in, yeah. in January. So... Uh, what I think we'll probably see is um, a series of little deals where, you know, the Democrats and sort of more hawkish Republicans who failed to make the transition to the kind of isolationism and, frankly, pro-Putin agenda that Tucker Carlson embodies and um, to try and put things together, which might pass the House. Right. So right. Um, and again, in exchange for some other deal. Right. But it does look very bleak for Ukraine because, you know, ultimately, even these hawkish Republicans have decided they care more about spiking any possible victory by Biden uh, and, and not giving up their their crucial issue for their coming elections. Uh, in, you know, they're not going to give that up in favor of, mm. of helping Ukraine. And what they don't want to give up is the issue of of the border, the southern border. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. Love, they love the border. Um, yeah. They have a love-hate relationship with the border. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but they certainly don't want to resolve the quote-unquote crisis on the border uh, in, in any way, shape or form. Right. Okay. So, because that's that's probably that's one of Trump's biggest uh, uh, election stumps. So, this in a way could, I mean, even though, as you say, you know, people who believe it will believe it, people who don't won't. But it's, it, but in terms of spin, it's an attempt to make that stance, the the the, the stance of Republicans in Congress, look virtuous, perhaps by oh, we're not sending money to Ukraine because you know it's full of Nazis and etc. Yeah, et I mean, it'll be interesting what Putin says. He'll probably say, you know, it's a Nazi regime or it was a threat to Russia. Uh, and we've only seen that now as things are blowing up in Russia, you know, after the invasion, right? And, you know, it'll be interesting how Putin phrases it just because, you know, we haven't really heard his direct disinformation into, into the West uh, mm. for a little while. And um, it'll also be interesting to see if he gives any, however, sincere clues as to how he sees this winding up, right? Um, mm. I don't expect a, a, a genuine, sincere overture to to the Ukrainian um, government. But I, I think Tucker and Putin would love to put something out there as if, you know, they are prepared to talk, they are prepared to, to come to some kind yes. of terms to stop this war, which Tucker Carlson has described quite correctly as costing hundreds of thousands of lives, devastating, uh, not the largest country in Europe, not even geographically, probably, yes. <laughs> but uh, but uh, in terms of population, but a really big and important country, uh, mm. you know, devastating that country, causing, you know, horrendous hardship in in, in Ukraine and consequences around the world. I, I think it'd be very good both for Putin's propaganda and for Tucker Carlson to be able to suggest that it's, it's the United States and Ukraine which are being unreasonable. Yeah. 
So does that tell us also, I mean, to a certain extent, an interview like this, because, you know, as you, as you cited there in previous, in court cases, it's entertainment. Is this about money uh, as much as it is about politics? Or is it, you know, has it commodified politics to just get eyeballs, to get clicks? I think this is one of the big questions, which is kind of haunting us right now. Um, and it's actually related to another story, which is not really related to it, except yeah. that, you know, the NRA is in trouble, right? They have serious yes, corruption yeah, yeah. allegations. The the former president, Wayne LaPierre, is going to be in a trial very, very soon. You know, the donations are drying up. They're in chaos. And yet their agenda is continuing anyway, because the Republicans and their base are so invested in in avoiding any form of gun control that, you know, they don't need to spend money on people's campaigns. People are going to get behind them, their, their message anyway. And I'm wondering whether the same thing is going on with just about everything to do with politics, but certainly with um, talk about something foreign policy-ish like Ukraine. You know, people always say, well, you know, people in America really ultimately only care about American issues. Mm. And, and, you know, foreign policy never will decide an election. I think that to some extent is true, certainly about the Ukraine war, because in terms of the actual money spent, not that much money yeah, to, yeah. to completely degrade the the military of your your one of your chief rivals on the world stage. But I think in the end, these niche targeted, you select them, you know, kinds of getting your information really do reduce the need to spend money pushing for a particular issue or or getting it on the agenda. And all the and, and even the case that sort of the really big money donors who have driven a lot of the politics of recent election cycles are, are to some extent being sort of replaced with vibes where where people <laughs> will come turn out and people get all head up without you prodding them constantly with money and without, um, you know, the the sort of crafted message, which a lot of these big donor machines go after because Donald Trump has been filled by a lot of small donations mm. in most cases, even as some donors realize that he's going to be the nominee, even if he's in jail, mm. you know, and are getting behind him. So, so we're in a new sort of social media driven politics, which is bifurcated from the real world. We just need to remember that. Mm. And also, you know, many, many people don't actually get their, their news from, from social media. I know it might be hard for people like us to, to conceive <laughs> of, but it's true. And, um, and so they, you know, there's, there's a real uncertainty as to how stuff works. And another interesting wrinkle is, you know, people are, did huge, you know, DeSantis and Nikki Haley did huge ad buys in Iowa mm. for, for the caucuses there. Didn't get squat, right? Um, <laughs> she was like, none of the, none of the above beat her. Yeah, just in Nevada. Yes, <laughs> yes, I know. When none of the above is beating you, you know, maybe it's time to give it, give it a rest. But, you know, but that one of the problems was you can put it on terrestrial television. And, and if you're in Iowa at that time of year, you're just like, can I watch the show, please? Yeah. Right? But people are streaming their media now and it's yeah, much harder yeah. to advertise on Netflix. So, so they're finding that all the stuff which used to work whether it's pushing a line in foreign policy, uh, whether yeah. it's trying to, you know, get out your, your vote, whether it's trying to rile your, your base up, is disconnected from what used to work. Yeah. Which is worse, if Donald Trump gets elected or if Donald Trump doesn't get elected? Well, I mean, now you're taking, you're asking me to express an opinion. Yeah, right? well, no, <laughs> just but like just, Tucker Carlson, just in right? the possible ramifications, because we saw what, what what happened when he didn't get elected the last time. Uh, the, the ramifications of that are still being felt. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think... And we're assuming you won't accept the, the result of the election other than sure. a 96% victory. I, I, I think given what he has said he'll do to the Constitution and to actually named individuals who, who annoy him, mm. uh, like persecute them with all the powers he, he doesn't even have under the Constitution. Um, and further, the, the, the fact that he's going to put together a team of the most extreme, like, loyalists you can imagine... <laughs> unfettered by any adults in the room, all of whom are telling you not to vote for him, right, who were in his previous administration, given his many, many potential indictments, <laughs> um, and some of which he may be serving time for, although it's going to be tricky, when Election Day comes along, um, it would be good if perhaps Biden was elected over Trump or, or someone who isn't Trump was elected over, over, over Trump, because something could happen to either Biden or Trump before Election Day. Sure. So... And I suspect they'll be a lot better prepared for for the next January 6th. Um, uh, They couldn't be worse prepared. And uh, (laughs) I also I also have a hope that the election will pass off fairly normally, which it did last time. There were Mm. hundreds and thousands of potential flashpoints for political violence in the United States, which didn't happen until January the 6th. And I'm hoping that can be maintained even as there is heavy contestation around getting people, getting people the right to vote around how the ballots are going to be collected, how, who's going to be on the ballot and so forth. But for the most part, you know, the, the courts have stood fairly firm. They're standing firm on, on Trump's current cases. Um, we'll see what the Supreme Court says about mm. a variety of issues, including yeah. excluding him from the ballot. Um, immunity he's immunity, from prosecution. He has immunity yeah. from prosecution. Um, but I think the Supreme Court will send a signal which will, will make it a lot easier to figure out how the next few months will pan out. Yeah. God help us all. Graham, thanks a million as ever. Uh, Graham Finley there. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.